pray with me? Father God, we thank you for new growth. Lord, as you have built the church and the foundations, and Lord, it is you, the rock, the cornerstone that we, we build. And it's always further up, further to go. We pray for the next generation that they would see the role in your church. I pray, Father God, a blessing on your people. I ask, Lord, that you would touch our hearts, open our eyes, Lord, to something that the physical eyes cannot see, but that your spirit would lead us to. In Jesus' name. Freedom from captivity is a part of all of our lives, and it's, it's one thing that... Um, it, it's one thing in which the lie itself starts from the very beginning. Because the question is, exactly what are you free from? I remember in college, Liz's freshman year, her and her roommates on their door put, are you saved? And after a week or two, somebody walked by and wrote, from what? And their lies, where we at, is, what are you saved from? And John 8 explains very clearly Jesus, who throughout his entire ministry dealt with spiritual bondage, says, I tell you the truth that anyone who sins is a slave to sin. And right from the start, sin enslaves people. And he said it as clear as can be, and yet there was a rejection of his ministry. We experience that rejection today. In our lives, people reject the notion that there is sin. They reject the notion that our natural that you're born sinful. And right there, the things battle against you. People reject it because it doesn't make them feel good. The world rejects it because they like the other alternative, that you're actually good deep down inside. And when push comes to shove, you'll do the right thing. And Satan truly likes it because sin is to which the tool in his hand, that righteousness is into God's. And so we find ourselves to have to understand how important it is that you recognize the dangers of sin and what it does. There are three primary ways, the sinful nature, the fallen world, and Satan. Now, the unchanging bonds, eventually, sin will kill you, spiritually. You're all die- Every one of us will die a physical death, but spiritually... You can die because sin owns you, and it caps you, and it consumes you. For those of you who have seen Pirates of the Caribbean, what a great illustration of the crew of the Flying Dutchman, that over a period of life, serving in bondage eventually changes them. They lose whoever they were, and eventually it becomes so much they don't even remember who they were, and then they no longer exist. They're consumed by it, and it becomes a part of the ship. And it's a great illustration. You see how these people are lost. And that's sin in the person's life that's never being touched, never seeing the dangers and how it will control. Every one of them hoping that someday they'll be free from it, but never knowing how to until it's gone. It's too much. Scripture says in Proverbs 5, the evil deeds of the wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. And it prevents the person from doing the things that which God's calling them to do. It becomes a deception. And you see this in the lives of people who aren't saved. There is a deception. There's a, 
there is a blindness to the things that you see, and it's, it's evident before them, but they don't see it. And we've all seen people who've been blessed, but they don't see the blessing. I love the illustration from um, the Chronicles of Narnia in the last war, in the last battle. And here is this group of dwarfs who have finally reached this point where they just think the world's against them, and they enclose into this circle, and they're all together in on it. And in the presence of a beautiful banquet, he picks up a, oh, I got a stale piece of bread. It's moldy. Nothing good around here to eat. And you're like, hello, guys. Don't you see the goodness that's before you? And they don't. They don't see it. It's blinded to them because of the bondage that sin holds. And then the world. We and especially as you get older, you see it more, understand that there are things in this world that have a spiritual bondage attached to them, that it's connected to it, and there's a danger to this. And Scripture shows us Moses actually saw the bondage. Moses was offered the treasures of Egypt, the house of Pharaoh, and yet he saw that that's not the calling that God had for him. He left the good life, because he knew that there was a spiritual bondage that would lead to his death, and it would have. Pharaoh would have died, and I mean, Moses would have died in Pharaoh's house. He would have never been able to be the person God wanted to, and so God called him out of that, and he saw that, and so we have to understand that. Youth, the world is after you. You don't always see it, and if there's anything I can say that there are things in this world that you must trust your parents and your adults in your life to guide you. How many of you have seen Roots? Very few. There's this great illustration in the movie Roots. He's trained up. Kunti Kinte is trained up. And one of the things that he's taught, don't ever go into the jungle alone. And what's he do right off the start? Big, brave Kunti Kinte goes into the jungle alone. That act of disobedience, that act of going into his world led him to a lifetime of bondage. That's why they said, don't do it. We don't want to see you be enslaved. Don't go there. And yet he relied on his own strength. He relied on his thought that I am stronger. Nothing can overtake me. And in the jungle of his life, he found the shackles never to leave them. That is what the world offers. And it's a concern, and we always have to guard against it. And then the third, Satan. Satan's a hard one, because unlike the notion that Satan comes right at you and it's, it is, and it's really in your face, he's actually very quiet and subtle, and it's a deception. And the demonic world works that way, and it's a subtleness in the satanic world, and we have to be aware of it. In regards to people in this condition, 2 Timothy 2, it says, when speaking to these people, it says that they will, when you see this, that they were senses and they will escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive for what purpose? To do his will. Sin allows Satan to use you like a tool. And in his hand, that is where you're most effective. That's where you're the most dangerous. Fighting the spiritual strongholds against the demonic 
brings up another aspect that's, that we confront with and you have to be sensitive to, that the very people that you're trying to show the light of Jesus to, that you are bringing and want to say, hey, you're in captivity, will fight against you. At the, towards the end of the Civil War, we all remember um, Gettysburg as, a, as one of the great battles in Terminant. The Gettysburg in the South happened in Blacksburg. General Grant's army marched, and he had pushed the Southern resistance to one point. And it was a terrible battle. It was, it was, they had a march, they had a fight through a swamp. Terrible conditions. All kinds of death taking place. And when the Union soldiers finally reached to that last fortified spot, they were shocked to what they saw. That the ones who were actually shooting at them at that point were the slaves. The very people that they went and put their life on to, to, to save, to free fought with their lives to kill them, to stay into slavery. That's what spiritual bondage does, that those who are in bondage do not understand. It consumed them so much, and it manifests and became so great. It was a part of who they were. Well after Lincoln was assassinated, the 13th Amendment was passed, and slavery and the war was over, many slaves lived out their lives as slaves. They never knew any better. They simply could not comprehend what it meant to be a free person. And so when the next day of their first day of freedom came, maybe their first day of freedom for generations in their family came, they promptly got up, went out to the field, and labored because that's where they were. And that's what the world has done to us. It has made us slaves in such a way that we don't even realize that the grace of God is before us and that the freedom that what God wants us to have is right there. Instead, we have been ensnared. And that's what's happened. So from that, you see Jesus come in fulfillment. You read the Gospels with the one thought, what is Jesus truly telling the people? And it is almost always about spiritual bondage. And it wasn't poor, rich. It wasn't smart, wise. The Pharisees were his biggest challenge, and they were righteous people. But the bondage had even held to them. And there's a special section of Scripture among God's people where God says, if the leadership's in bondage, look out. There's real trouble at that point because that's guiding us and misguiding us to the wrong place. But Jesus, the power of Jesus in salvation is the turning stone to our, our situation. It is the emancipation. It is our freedom given. Now, many people will die in Christ and will spend salvation, eternity, but while on earth, we're still in spiritual bondage. Okay? It still exists. But the most important message to the Christian is to examine your life and to determine how much freedom do you have. Are you bond? How do you determine that? How do you determine that? And there is one answer that Scripture says over and over and over again, and that is truth. John said it there in truth. He said, Jesus says, the truth shall set you free. Now, it wasn't just with their one question and their concern 
whether or not they were Abraham's children. The truth that God is talking about is that what Jesus did on the cross and his death killed, killed, broke open the chains that bound you. And in his resurrection, you're able to walk away. The acts together free you. I can't go through every one of you and say, let's talk about the troubling areas of your life, but that is exactly what Jesus says. Go deeper, go further. Don't be settled with, your, with a minor. Jesus meant to set you completely free. Now, if I had handcuffs on here, it would limit to me what I could do. I would be able to only, in fact, if I had handcuffs, I'd be, you guys, what's wrong with him? Is he a criminal? He can't be trusted? Well, then I'm not going to praise my hands too high because I don't want you guys to know that I got caught. And if somebody needs hands, oh, I, I really can't help him because I got caught. And as long as I got these on, I cannot go over and help my brothers and sisters. I cannot do the needs that I otherwise would, but I can't because I got caught. And that's the danger of bondage. It restricts what God would want you to do. So the truth, the truth over and over again is what God calls us to do. Titus chapter 2 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Okay, That's that wonderful message of salvation. The big picture, that's far more important to our lives, eternal salvation. But it doesn't stop there. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. And there's the challenge that we always do. If we can get our mind around the great salvation of the supernatural and the power that God does to bring us into this relationship and the intimacy of it, And in that salvation moment, we don't sit there going, saved, only 55 more years to go and now I'm in heaven. And then to to do so allows us to stay in the bondage. And God says, I didn't save you to wait out 50, 60, 70 years. I saved you to call you in to something that I have. You are now no longer a tool to Satan. You recognize the sin in your life and says, leave it. I freed you from it. Now I can use you. Now you are, what did he say? He said, you're the son. You're part of the family. And what a, we have to understand how important God is saying, you're not a slave. Okay, you're part of the family. And if you can imagine the roles of, of all the stories and everything you heard about slavery... I mean, a lot of slaves were really close, and they, I mean, they worked with their, with their masters on a daily basis. And you hear these accounts, and there's a relationship over years and years that is built. And there is, there's a personal, but they never quite get there. They never quite get that. When George Washington passed away, he freed all his slaves. Okay? Why did he do that? Because there's a relationship that he had built. And so that was it but they never became his children. He never adopted them. And so there's, a, there's an understanding the proximity is much closer that God calls you to. 
The word teaches us to embrace it, the truth. And in doing so, you see the changes. Now, I can encourage you. I can just step in and say, please, please, please. It's the truth. Over and over again, God calls you to his word so that as proclaiming the truth, sin, the shackles of your life, fall, and the freedom is given to you to move. And then that's where Ephesians 2 comes in. For we are God's worksmen, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Those good works is what you're called to do. Those good works can only be done if you're free. If you're free. And that's where God is calling us. Be free. The example of this um, that you have to understand is one aspect of this. And this is maybe our call of the church, by the way. Is that at some point in that freedom, one of the things God gives you is the ability to help others. And I think a lot of our ministries here are this, that. Reaching out, helping people in spiritual bondage. And if you look in the book of Acts, um, when Paul and Peter were going out and the church is just expanding, in, in Acts 8, they come across, I, I think it's in the Thessalonia, that Simon the sorcerer, this guy's got a good job going. Okay, everybody, he's the entertainment of the week. And, and he does it. Well, God calls him and he's saved. But part of Simon's problem is, is he saw the church as the next happening thing and wanted to be a part of it. He wanted to be on the inside route. And so when Peter comes, he puts his hand on the people and they receive the Holy Spirit. And that's the account. Simon thinks, this is great stuff, okay? I can, I can pull quarters out of ears, but this Holy Spirit thing, that's, that's the latest in, in trickery. And so he goes, Peter, how much? I'd really like to do this. Peter recognized, I, I've been this guy before. I know what it's like to be zealous and want something spiritual. But he did it in bondage. He saw that Simon desired something that wasn't right, that he didn't, well, he wanted to touch people for the wrong reason. And he says, Simon, you got a Holy Spirit problem. You want this for the wrong reason. You're in bondage. You have a sinful desire for this. And Simon repents. He realizes through Peter's ministry that that's it. Now, that's our ministry. The Simon, the sorcerers of our world, that's the ministry to which we are challenged to go to. But it's no, it's, it'll never be effective unless we ourselves remove the spiritual bondage of our lives. I believe, as do a lot of people, that God is doing a work at our church. And some exciting things are going to be happening at Lamb of God. And I truly sense that it's going to involve so many people. And so as my brothers and sisters, I pray for you in this area that we would have an understanding of how important God wants us to be free. Some of you see where I'm bond. Please don't hesitate to caution me, warn me, and to use God's word as truth to break free those things, and that we would be a congregation full of free people. Pray with me. Father God, we we have, for comfort reasons, gone back to our bondage and our chains. And Lord, we we have found at times that that's where 
we feel we belong. But your word is firm and true. That you have called a Christian to live free of sin, free from its bondage and its control. I pray, Father God, that you would work in the hearts of every person here. Make us free people, that our hands would be lifted high unto you, Lord, that we would be able to run without restrictions, that you, Lord Jesus, would move in our hearts. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.